Welcome to the Leading on Purpose podcast with Jackie, where you will hear stories of passion, purpose, and leadership designed to inspire you to live your best life. So let's get started. Dear God, thank you for everyone that is listening to this podcast and for our guest. I ask that you give everyone favor and help them live their best life. Keep this in mind. You will never influence the world by being just like it. So be yourself, be authentic, because the world needs you. Now let's hear from our guest. Hello, I am really excited to have my guest with me today, and it is Tony Marnetti. He is going to talk about climbing the right mountains, which is the title of his book. And we'll get into that a little bit later on in the podcast. So, Tony, how are you today? I'm doing great. I'm so thrilled to be here. Well, great. Well, I'm really excited to talk with you about climbing the right mountains. I think it's something we would all like to get a little bit more insight on. So we are um, in 2021. Um, a, a little bit over a year into the pandemic, and certainly it, it's not over yet. So I, I've been asking all of my guests a question regarding the pandemic. So my question for you is, what is something new that you learned about yourself during the pandemic? Oh, my gosh, I love this question. So one thing I've learned about myself is that I'm more creative than I ever thought I was. When I was younger, I was an artist, and I kind of stuffed that away. And went about my path and became, you know, finance and, uh, you know, this like, you know, this person who deals with numbers. And as I became a coach, I started my business. I was more business focused. In the past year, I've kind of reconnected with my creative side. So it's been fantastic. So what do you mean? Tell me more about that. What is your creative sense? Like what, what, what was that like? Tell me more. Yeah, I really dug into this idea that we are all creatives in our own way. But for me, particularly, what I liked is that my past year gave me a chance to, um, to, first of all, write my book, which was something that for me tapped into something that I didn't have a sense of. I didn't know I'd become a writer um, and creating a podcast. I mean, this is something that, you know, I never thought I'd be doing. Uh, my podcast is called The Virtual Campfire. And on it, I've, you know, basically been able to bring a lot of interesting guests and to share their stories. And that is a creative endeavor for me that I never thought I would be uh, tapping into. Um, in addition to that, I've really been, you know, rediscovering my love of art. And um, I'm looking forward to actually heading back into the museums. I just went to my first museum not too long ago. Okay. So writing a book and starting your, your podcast, that's, that's excellent. So that's what you mean by your creative sense. So that's, that's fantastic. And I think a lot of us have had time to, to do some work like that over the pandemic, because we were not doing as much outside of the home. So it gave us opportunity to tap into some other skills that were always there, but maybe had not been utilized. So that's awesome. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? You mentioned the book, the title of this podcast is around your book, but let's start a little bit, let's move a little bit backwards from there and tell the listeners about yourself. Thank you. So a little background for me is that I spent almost 25 years in high tech and biotech for um, you know, working in finance and strategy. And it was a great career to be in, in the sense that I was working on amazing um, therapeutics and working in some interesting disease areas, impacting amazing lives. And I worked with people who are doing 
you know, innovative work. And one of the things that I learned along the way is that even though I loved that, loved making an impact, one thing I realized is that the work I was doing specifically was not my calling. Um, it really came to a head when I realized that I was burning myself out to create something that wasn't my calling. I was, you know, continuing to work really hard um, on a goal that wasn't my goal. And um, eventually that's what led me to leave the corporate world. I had this moment where I was sitting in a boardroom and I came to a realization that I cannot collect a paycheck any longer and continue to do the work I was doing. Okay. So I want to just unpack that a little bit more though. So, Mm -hmm. so where are you from? So who's Tony? Who's really Tony? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm, I'm from Boston and basically when it, before I became, um, got into the world of biotech, uh, I was working, I went to, I was a pre-med major. Um, so I was studying, you know, to become a doctor, wanted to be a radiologist and I switched from being in pre-med to go into business. And the reason I did is because chemistry was my falling. I didn't have a good chemistry background. Ironically enough, I ended up working with a lot of chemists in my time. So um, along the years, I worked for um, companies like Genzyme, Vertex, Sarepta, and a number of other companies. In fact, I started my own organization that did fundraising and uh, financial services for life science companies called LifeSci Financial Consulting. It was an amazing journey. So I loved doing what I did um, in the sense that it was, you know, doing work that enabled um, the therapeutics that really changed the lives of people in the world, especially working at companies like Genzyme, where there were some leaders there that really showed me what leadership was about. I worked for Henry Tamir and Henry uh, was an amazing figure in the in really transforming the way we look at rare diseases. And he taught me about taking risks on people and seeing that there sometimes we don't see our own potential. And oftentimes we have to have other people see us for what we truly are. And that's, we're all brilliant. Okay. Well, that's a great story. So just a little bit more. So what about, what were some life lessons that you learned growing up that you Mm. think has helped shape who you are today? Yeah. My father was an immigrant from Italy and my mother's family came from uh, Lebanon. And one of the things that I I learned growing up was hard work was the only way to make a living the only way to be successful. And, you know, hard work is, there's nothing wrong with hard work. Problem is that I've learned that hard work is not truly the different maker, difference maker. It's about working smarter. And um, that lesson was really drilled into me because of the fact that as I moved through my career, I became this type A person who just kept on working harder and harder and harder and realizing that, you know, eventually that's going to lead to burnout if you don't find a better way to change that path. And so I learned to, to really reframe, to take, to break the patterns they get stuck in. That's one of the things I really do is I'm a pattern breaker for myself and for my people who work who I work with. And I've also learned to get out of my comfort zone and really see that as you get out of these comfort zones, you start to see different things that are possible and leverage points that truly can change the game for you and for the people around you. Okay. And tell, tell the listeners a little bit more about what you do now. So 
What do you currently do? So right now I'm working with accomplished leaders who are unfulfilled or stuck in their career and feeling a little bit like there's there's something more in the tank and I just can't seem to get there. And so just having a, a, a few sessions with them gets them thinking bigger and seeing a bigger picture. And then we start to move down this path of creating that and designing that new path for them. And so I love this work. Uh, I, I talk about climbing the right mountain because Oftentimes we get set on this path of like, oh, this is what I was, I was planned for. This is what I wanted. At least I think I wanted. And ultimately um, it's designing the path that's right for you on your own terms, designing, designing the success that you want and then going after it. Um, so oftentimes that's what I'm working with people on is to see the path that they want and get on it. So how do you do that? Just give us a, give a, yeah, the listeners a few examples of how do you take leaders from not feeling fulfilled to being, you know, filled up. <laughs> yeah. It starts by, first of all, stopping the ascent that they're on, you know, really take a pause moment and look back and look at what they've accomplished to this date. Sometimes accomplished leaders don't know they're accomplished. <laughs> they don't realize how, uh, what they've, they've really accumulated along their journey. Reflecting on your experience is an important part of looking forward. Uh, Before you can look forward, you have to look back. You have to understand what you've really accumulated, your strengths, your wounds that have really become your strengths. And really taking that inventory is important. So the first thing we do is that. Then we look into what do we we want to create for the future? What is that next step? And if that's not clear, then what we do is we really have to take a step back and uh, do this exercise I call to you know, expand your vision, narrow your focus. And so what that means is that if I'm not seeing a, a path forward, maybe I need to step away from the, um, the, the wall I'm looking at and think about what's the possibilities on the horizon. Maybe I've been sitting in a commercial capacity for most of my life and I want to do something that's not in commercial. Maybe it's something that's slightly different, program management. Maybe it's in business development. Could be something different. But knowing what I can use to get there. And then the narrowing your focus, which is to say, what do I do now? How do I narrow the, the focus so it's just that that I'm doing? Saying no to what doesn't serve me right now and saying yes to what is truly aligned with what I'm going to do next. So when you, I'm going to have just a build on that a little bit. So first of all, you talked about taking a look at what you've accomplished as a, as a leader and I think a lot of times, especially like you were talking about earlier, the type A personality people, they tend to just keep moving. They accomplish something, they keep going. They accomplish something, they keep going. They don't take time to celebrate. And hmm, I wonder how do I know that? Maybe because sometimes <laughs> I do that. <laughs> so so I, I do understand what you're saying there, taking that pause to really reflect on your accomplishments so far. And then you talked about really helping them understand that they may want to do something different, but how do you help them kind of realize that? Because sometimes people, they may know that they they don't want to do what they're currently doing, but they don't know what they want to do, what else they want to do. And if they're they're really far down in their career, it's pretty risky to take on new career opportunities when you're say, for example, at an executive level. So talk talk a little bit about that. First, First, let's unpack, How do you help people really understand what they want to do? Yeah, well, it starts with really understanding what do you value and what do you truly want 
in your life? What is the, when you look forward into your life, what is it that you see yourself doing? And it's not just about, oh, I see myself on the beach and doing such. What is it that you really want to be remembered for? And you have to start thinking about that legacy that you're going to be creating now, not when you're gone. Um, and I think part of that is really what gets people to really wake up in that moment is to say, yeah, I don't want to be remembered for being just, you know, the, the finance executive of this company. I want to be doing so much more than that. I want to make a bigger impact. Maybe it is time for me to step off that corporate ladder or to stay in the corporate ladder, but to do something different that allows me to make an impact in a different way. So it's just getting to play with the, but really play with time and think about what would I, what would I say about myself, about my career, about my impact and contribution if this was five, 10 years from now? And if you're not connected to that now, how can you get, get on that path now? That's hard because oftentimes from a corporate perspective, we get stuck in these patterns because of the fact that there's so many great benefits and shackles that we get connected to. And I don't mean to be so you know graphic about it, but it's true. I mean, companies are designed to keep us comfortable, but that comfort can also hold you back from what your true gift is, what your true purpose is. So just check in with yourself. And it doesn't mean you always have to leave to make that happen. Sometimes it means just looking at your job in a different light. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or like you said, doing a different type of job within mm. your organization. But what you really said, which is, you know, I think the real important piece is that legacy. Like yeah. what legacy do you want to leave? Because we can all have great careers and jobs, but at the end of the day, like what legacy do we want to leave? What impact do we mm. want to make on the people that we get to, you know, interact with and, and on society? What societal impact do you want to have as well? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe, and I'm just, just going to say this just for this one moment here where we're saying like, maybe it's just staying in the same role you're in and, and just taking a different, different step into how you're leading in your role, because the past way you've been leading has been driven by a different, different path. Maybe there's a reason why maybe I'll use finances as an example. Maybe you've been driven by the title. And now you're seeing that now that I have this title, I want to lead in a different way. I want to lead in a way that allows me to see that my role is bigger than what I've seen in the past. Yeah, that's great. So let's talk about your book. So um, you mentioned that you wrote your book during the pandemic, Mm -hmm. Climbing the Right Mountain. So tell us about the book. Yeah, thank you so much. And so it's it's a short book, but it's a great because it's very concise. It's like the old Mark Twain saying, you know, I would have written a, lo- a shorter letter if I had long, you know, more time. So, uh, of course, I butchered the uh, quote. Um, the The book itself is really um, it's about giving people another choice as to how they can navigate their career. I say climbing the right mountain. First of all, I love climbing mountains. So that's one of the reasons why I chose the title. But I think that a lot of times you think about the climb to the top of this mountain that you've in your career and you get to the top and you realize, wow, I've, you know, given up all of my, uh, my time, my effort, my, you know, um, my livelihood, my time with my family. And is this all worth it? when you get to the top of that mountain, oftentimes people get there and they realize they don't like the view. And so it's time to start questioning, why are you climbing and are you on the right path? And so 
with the book, what I've done is I've, I've provided a few guideposts to check in with yourself to see if there's a different way that you could be climbing um, to allow yourself to connect with the right path for you. And one of the things that I always I start with is to think about making sure that you're finding fulfillment in the journey and not waiting till the end to be happy. You know, if you're constantly in this, this path of thinking, well, when I get there, I'll be happy. Or when I get to that next role, I'll just keep on slogging it through. And when I get there, I'll be happy. Now it's not going to, you may not be happy. Maybe it's not quite as rosy as it seems on the other side. Um, so the best thing you can do is to find fulfillment in the journey. There's struggle for sure, but struggle is a good thing. There's growth in that. But if you don't see any happiness in that struggle, then this may be time for um, a different path. Yeah, it's, it's like in, in being present in the moment. It's enjoying where you are today on the way to where you want to go. Um, yeah, and I actually was listening to a podcast myself this this morning. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Joel Olstein, but that's actually what he, yeah. a lot of what he was he was talking about. So, so what do you think personally gets in the way of people enjoying their journey, and how can they overcome it? Yeah, one of the things that I often talk about is how we get stuck in this comparison cycle. I mean, social media is, um, it's a necessary evil in some ways because it's like, we have to connect with each other and we have to see each other, but there's also an element of comparing ourselves to other people and seeing their middle and we're at a beginning and we can't compare ourselves to other people's middles and, um, and say that there's some fast pass to get there. There's no fast pass in life to get there. You have to see that you're on your own path and, you know, what you see is not always what is real. So I think that's one of the challenges is that we have to see that, you know, success is something we have to define on our own terms and pursue it on our own way. We can get guides along the way. We can have mentors and coaches and people who can help us to see the challenges that they've, they've overcome. And that helps but we also can't see this as being a fast pass to some better future. And I think that's really where the biggest challenge is, is that we all want it to be easy. We all want it to be, um, you know, something where we could just go through a fast pass line and, and get there. So, so yeah, I, I agree. Social media, definitely some benefits to social media, but also there's some, you know, some things that people have to watch out for, which is that comparison trap. And, and absolutely. And, and definitely you see that in a younger generation as well. That's huge, a huge issue that's coming up within younger generations. But yeah. what about helping people? You mentioned that what you're trying to do is help people climb up the, the right mountains. So one other just quick question, I think you sort of touched on this earlier about climbing the wrong mountains, mm-hmm. you know, people kind of get stuck in, you know, the benefits and, and et cetera. But what else do you think keeps people or causes people to climb the wrong mountain, I should say, and how can they overcome that? Yeah. Um, there's a sunk cost fallacy, if you will. It's like you, you get in this, this place where you feel like, oh, well, you know, I, I've already invested so much time and effort into this you know, if I change paths, then I got to start anew and, you know, I, I should just, you know, suck it up and just continue. <laughs> and the reality is that you, do you really want to continue to live a life where you don't feel lit up anymore? Um, where you've lost the flavor of your existence, if you will. Um, I think that's not the right choice to go by it. And it may be just small tweaks that you need to make to, to find that zest for life again. Um, and I think that's where 
you know, just checking in with yourself to see what's missing right now so that I can get back on the right path. Um, and one of the things that I, I do with a lot of my clients and uh, to get them to challenge this perspective is to say, like, look, look into the next week and ask yourself, is there anything next week that I'm looking forward to? If there's nothing next week on my calendar that I'm looking forward to, then I've got a problem and I've got an issue. I mean, there's going to be meetings next week that I'm not looking forward to. I mean, maybe, you know, I mean, for me, it may be a little different story. I love what I do, but, um, but there are some things I don't look forward to for sure. And that's okay. But there has to be something about next week that, ha- that has me excited. Otherwise it becomes like a, um, just more of a job than a calling. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fantastic. And I think a lot of people want to have a calling. They, or they want to live their calling, I should say, but I think you've touched on several things that definitely get in in the way of it. And and I think being comfortable, right. Gets in the way of it, right. Being comfortable Mm -hmm. in whatever it is that you're doing. So we're going to keep this conversation going, but before we do, I'm going to pause and ask you a few fun questions. And I want you to just answer with the first thing that pops into your mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. All right. First question, what TV show would you love to binge watch? We know a lot of that has been going on during the pandemic. So maybe you've already done it, but if not, what TV show would you love to binge watch? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, if I could go back in time, I would watch Lost again because I just love that show. (laughs) (laughs) But if I would say like more current time, I would say, um, Oh gosh, what would I watch? Um, Stranger Things. I love that show. That was really fun. Okay. I haven't seen that. Okay. (laughs) Okay. What about, what was your favorite food as a kid? Um, Hmm. Favorite food as a kid. Um, I would say grilled cheese sandwiches. Nothing beats a grilled cheese sandwich or chocolate chip cookies. I I have two choices. (laughs) Cookies are like my sweet spot. I can't, can't get away from it. Grilled cheese sandwich. Do you still eat them today? Um, not so much. No, no. it's going to be okay. healthy. <laughs> well, maybe this will make you have ones that you thought about it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and my last one, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Yeah, it would be um, the power to read minds. Oh, wow. Mm. Wow. <laughs> and the why is because I, I want to be able to understand what's going on inside people's universes. Cause I really think each one of us is our own little universe and I want to understand so that I can help. Um, and sometimes people hold back, they hold back too much. And if I could understand what's going on inside their minds, I could get them, help them even more. Uh, yeah. There's a couple of movies out there where people get this skill of reading other people's minds. There's a couple of movies like that. So yeah. <laughs> there's a, we're, we have very busy minds. So yeah. <laughs> Mm. All right, great. Well, a couple of more questions and then we'll we'll wrap up. Um, so what are some practical ways, and, and you've touched on a few of them already, but as we get ready to wrap up, what are some practical ways that individuals can progress up the right mountains? Yeah. I mean, one of the best ways they can do it is to, to connect with who they want to be and not be constantly in the process of doing because that being versus doing is such an important thing. I know it sounds like overdone, but it's so true. When you really connect with who do you want to be and start modeling that right now, you can start to get on the path of 
that thing that you want to create. I often think about the marathoner, right? It's like, if you want to be a marathoner and you're not right now, like, what does it take to become the marathoner? Well, what does the mind of a marathoner look like? Well, they, they eat right. They work out daily. They, they think differently than, than most. Well, think that way be that way, act that way. You know, that's the kind of thing that you have to get yourself into the mindset of who it is that you want to be. That's what makes the difference. Excellent. Yeah. I so agree with that. It, it is about being versus doing. Absolutely. And, and I think people feel much better when they're focused on who they want to be versus just fast paced execution, execution. We certainly live in that type of world, but it takes people to be intentional about moving away from that fast paced execution phase and really showing up and being who they, they want to be and who they were meant to be. So yeah. love that. Um, what, what is Tony, what is your favorite quote and why? Uh, my favorite quote is um, if you're willing to, to feel everything, you can have anything. And that comes from um, a coach actually named Peter Bregman. And I love that quote because it was what I needed to become the coach that I wanted to be. I had to lean into the fact that uh, we have range, we have a range of emotions and if we're willing to feel them, then we can become fully who we are. Okay. That's a really nice quote. I love that. Um, and then if you could, Tony, share any final thoughts regarding climbing the right mountains and then you know, close out with how people can get in contact with you. Sure. Um, so first of all, climbing the right mountain will require you to really take a step back and think, who do I really want to be? And if you want to be the person who is connected with you know, your ultimate, um, the person who you, who is connected to your purpose, then you need to, to think about the values that you really want to hold and that you do hold. And so, so take that time to really reflect on what it is that's important to you first, and then that'll be putting you on the right path. And, um, I also want to say one last thing, which is to say, this all starts with having honest conversations with yourself and with the people around you. So don't hold back from those things that need to be said. Um, have the conversations and, uh, and let that lead you. The best place to find me is inspiredpurposecoach.com. That's my website. And you can also find me on LinkedIn uh, and you can find my book on Amazon. So. Well, that's great. Well, Tony, thank you for sharing your, your words of wisdom with our listeners today and with myself. It was a pleasure chatting with you. I love so many things of what you said about you know, showing up and, and being versus doing and being inspired, your values, all of those things really make an incredible difference in a person's life. So thank you so much for sharing those words with um, everyone. And thank you for being a guest. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Take care, Tony.